0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 35 of the Paid to Be Me podcast, the podcast that empowers you to create a lifestyle and business that is authentic, fun, and highly profitable. My guest today is Bill Bloom. Bill is a retirement income certified professional and the founder of Bloom Financial, a company that helps you retire as you desire and live the lifestyle you've always dreamed of in retirement. He's also a published author, having published two books with a third book to be released in the near future. Bill's focused on making the retirement process fun and works with clients to craft personalized retirement income plans, where he helps individuals, couples, and business owners create lifetime income streams from their investments. Outside of work, Bill loves reading books, playing and watching soccer, sailing, and most importantly, spending time with his wife and son. In this episode, Bill and I talk about the value and importance of mentorship, hiring an engaged and aligned team, and some of the biggest misconceptions people have about retirement planning. As always, thanks so much for being here. It means a lot you've decided to spend your time with us, and I'm incredibly excited to share this episode with you. Bill, my friend, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me. This is such an honor.
0: I'm very, very excited that you are here. Um, how have things been for you recently, man? What have you been up to?
1: You know, life's been pretty good. We've been spending. Uh, my wife and I have been spending a lot of time with our uh, now 15 month year old little guy. He is walking and talking and uh, getting into everything and saying new words on a daily basis. <laughs> so it's been really a neat past uh like six months for us with him.
0: Mm, nice. And you were telling me before we started recording that he just started going to Montessori being around other kids that's uh that's good, man, just given like you know the situation that we currently find ourselves that's um, you know got to be nice that some of those facilities are open and you know you have that opportunity
1: oh absolutely because when this pandemic started my wife and I were switching off like midway through the day like Mm -hmm. I was on daddy daycare and she was on mommy daycare because Mm -hmm. she's got a very um, very important uh, job and career herself so we've Mm -hmm. been really bit that those first couple months were kind of hard because we were both working super late into the night every night because we didn't have enough time during our normal working days to just take care of business.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that has gotta be nice then, <laughs> having a little bit of time back there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, like my, uh, the time that I'm most productive is in the mornings and I was on um, on daddy daycare, as I said, uh, in the mornings with him. Mm-hmm. So that that was difficult when, you're, when your um, routine has changed and you have to do, new things. It it was definitely hard for those first week, two, three for me to get used to that.
0: Totally, totally, I can imagine that too. Um, this is perfect too. Routines are one of the things I do um, want to circle back around to uh, a bit later on. Um, but to get started, I um, gave the folks a bit of an introduction to who you are, your background, and you know what you 're up to professionally, but i'd love to hear directly from you, um, like what all are you up to right now?
1: Ooh, a lot of fun stuff. Um, my team and I have been. I can really forward thinking with this whole pandemic and working from home. So just like basically everyone else, we've gone completely virtual and it's been saving me a ton of time driving around what I would normally be doing. And um, for those of you who don't know me um, on a day-to-day basis, um, I help people with their retirement income. So what my passion is, is to help people plan to have income, for the rest of their life with their investments so before they retire what i like to do is help them plan out their income streams that's really what my focus is my passion is and i just love talking about money and helping people so another thing that i completed during this pandemic was i wrote um i wrote a new book and Mm -hmm. it's going to be accompanied with a money journal because Mm -hmm. I realized during this pandemic that whether you're a business owner or you're an individual or a couple, you know, most people are never taught money. They're not taught the basics Mm -hmm. of it, the foundations Mm -hmm. of it, how to save it, how to invest it. What does a mortgage look like? So I put together a really simple reading book that high schooler all the way up to a baby boomer or a retiree could actually learn from Mm. to create a better financial future. And it's called the money habits for success. Pretty neat.
0: Mm. Nice. That's brilliant. uh, I definitely want to jump into that. Um, later on and i totally agree with you around the um i guess you would call it financial literacy or just like lack of financial knowledge i you know i know for myself that it wasn't something that i well one that i wasn't taught <laughs> and two that um, yeah. you know for better or for worse i didn't really seek out until recently like maybe in the last year i really started to like consume a lot more information around it and just realizing like oh wow you know there's so much to it it's like like it's complex in some ways, but then it's also really simple in other ways. Um, and so, like, just having that knowledge can be so powerful. You know, if you're a business owner, or you know, if you're an employee, or whatever it is. So, um, that's um, that's really really cool, man. That's awesome.
1: Thank you. And you you hit it right on the head. When we go through school, we're not taught money. We're not taught about financial literacy. I mean. I've I've spoken to people about this and they said, well, when I was in high school, we were taught how to write a check. And that was a really big deal for us. <laughs> so like Actually, I mean, how many millennials do you think know how to even write a check nowadays or even had to write one before? <laughs> Very few. And um, I mean, even business owners, they could still make money or make good money, but this pandemic shows even most business owners don't have savings because mm-hmm. Again, they're not taught that. Mm. The standard practice in our industry is to have three to six, nine or 12 months of savings. I mean, so many people say different things, but you know, business owners don't follow that same advice. Mm. Mm-hmm. They don't put savings away like for rainy times or a recession or if we ever go into a depression, things like that. Yeah. So, that's one of the things I've been stressing to a lot of my clients and people who I speak to is where are your savings? Because you could take advantage of these market opportunities Mm -hmm. uh, during these turbulent times. And Mm -hmm. it's so true for a business owner, just like you are Hayden. I mean, it's just those little things. Are you putting some, some money away on the sidelines to help Mm -hmm. you weather Mm -hmm. any financial storms? And I I hope you never have that, but Mm -hmm. we don't know. And for all the business owners listening to this, and even individuals, it's really important to have those rainy day funds available.
0: Totally, totally. Um, Well, like I said, super excited to jump further, um, you know, into that talking a little bit about strategy and, you know, how you help folks. But um, I wanted to actually start with your journey as an entrepreneur, because I know the company that you have now, you know, it's pretty sizable. You have a number of employees that you work with. Um, But I would be curious for you, like the entrepreneurial streak, like where did that start for you?
1: Ooh, this is fun. This started really when I was younger as a child. I saw that a lot of people, especially adults, they would have money issues. So as we were kids, we would see growing up, you know, something would happen. Um you know, unfortunately one of my friends' fathers passed away when we were in fifth grade. Mm. And you know, that had a tremendous effect. He was the breadwinner. He was the Mm -hmm. one who worked and it had a major impact on their household. So I saw firsthand as a child, you know, the significance of planning and what planning could do and help you. And Mm -hmm. it always stuck with me, Hayden. It always stuck in the back of my mind that you need to plan and you need to plan for these emergencies or something happened. And when I got into college, I always thought I was going to start a business someday. I always, even in high school, I thought that. And I wanted to be in charge of my own time, my own schedule, and most importantly, my own outcomes, because Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be subject to getting that call into your boss's office and saying, (laughs) I'm sorry, we have to let you go. Yeah. Um, That's something that I never wanted to be a part of. I never, ever, ever wanted to be in that situation. So when I graduated college, I took a fully commissionable job with no Mm -hmm. salary, which was a financial advisor. Same thing I'm doing now, but I didn't have my company back then. Mm -hmm. But I was my own boss. I was running my own company inside the bigger firm that I was at because... I, again, I didn't know everything at that time. I'm still learning to this day, and I've been in the in the industry since two thousand and eight mm-hmm. so this entrepreneurial drive was always something that intrigued me because I just wanted more flexibility and freedom of my time and have that ability to just be in control of my time mm
0: mm-hmm. mhm-. It's so it's interesting, you know. I was actually just talking about this. I think earlier today, <clears throat> you know, how our experiences when we're younger really shape. Uh, I think in a lot of ways, the careers that we end up in and the work that we end up doing. Um, you know, I think that one of the things that I've um, <laughs> that I took from when I was way younger was I was the mediator in my family, so I was the one that like, every, you know, <laughs> I was like solving issues and keeping everyone happy, and you know, et cetera, et cetera, and. You know, I think in a lot of ways, with the work that I do now as a coach, and also the work that I'm trying to get into as a speaker, and um, like really creating content that's uplifting and inspiring, I'm doing a lot of the same stuff. <laughs> like I'm doing, you know, a lot of the same <laughs> stuff from um, when I was a kid. It's just like the the format or the function has changed. And it sounds like the cool thing for you was that's been a thread that has never left. Like it wasn't something that you you know went away and you know did something different. It's like, hey, you know, I've always known that this is the thing that. I wanted to do, um, and it stayed consistent for you.
1: It definitely did because I always worked in high school. I had two jobs in college. um, I played soccer all four years at my university, and I also had two jobs. I mean, I was always busy. I was always active, but I knew that being in control of my time, because that's really, in my opinion, our most valuable asset, Mm -hmm. and just having better control of our time was going to allow more again, more time to spend with my family when I had that. Now that we have a family, it's definitely been worth it. And mm-hmm. especially during these these uh, COVID times and this pan- these times during the pandemic, I've been really grateful that I've been able to block off my mornings and spend time with my son that I never would have been able to do. And here's a perfect example of it. It was one morning um, in our kitchen, we have a little island. And all of a sudden, my son picked himself up. He, like, tugged on my short, and he was like, I'm gonna walk now. He goes, "Do do 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 He just walked around mm. our island, just, <laughs> just like that. I'm like, oh my gosh. So, I mean, I got to see him walk for the first time. Mm. I probably wouldn't have been able to do it if he was in school or daycare. And it was just so unbelievably amazing and heartwarming.
0: Mm. That's so awesome was that out of curiosity like that the focus on time and it also sounds like the focus on family like was that something that you saw as a kid that that had you now like hey this is something that's important to me and this is something that I want to create for myself or did that come from somewhere else for you
1: it came as a child you hit it right on the head earlier talking about a lot of the outcomes and a lot of the things that we accomplish or the things that we aspire to be, they come from our childhood. Mm-hmm. It could be from a positive experience where you have a really good environment and you want to aspire to be positive like like your parents or an uncle or someone close to you, um, you know, or it could be the opposite. You have an, uh, not as great of a childhood and you wanted to aspire to be something different or something maybe better or just go a different route. And that's Mm -hmm. okay too. There's nothing wrong with that, but your mindset has everything to do with how you were raised and the things you're doing on a day-to-day basis, your habits, Mm -hmm. you know, the first things you do when you wake up in the morning and, and the people around you, definitely the people around you have a big impact Mm -hmm. on that as you and I both know. Totally.
0: Totally. Yeah. And one of you know, it's like one of the original people around you were your parents. And uh I felt you know, I feel really grateful, you know, in that a lot of my family members are also small business owners. Like uh, my mom's run an online retail store for the past <clears throat> 17 years now, I think. And so it was really cool because during school, like middle school and high school, my mom was always home and then my dad came back to also work on the business. So my parents were home pretty much the entire time that I was in middle school or high school, which I'm now realizing, you know, and talking with other people is not everyone's experience. And it's definitely made me more conscious of the kind of lifestyle that I want to create for my family. Um, and also what's possible, <laughs> like even realizing like, oh, that is possible. Like, I could be at home, you know, when my kids are in school and spend more time with them. And, you know, instead of having to leave and, you know, go get another job.
1: Absolutely. Oh, my gosh, that's even working, a, working businesses still, you have the, that flexibility to be at home and running a business for 17 years like your mom did. That's, that's pretty amazing. Really amazing. And mm-hmm. raising kids and going through that. It's, it's a lot of work, but it's definitely worth it. It's rewarding.
0: Totally. Totally. Um, so you mentioned that you got into the industry in 2008. And I would just be really curious how that What that experience was like, just given what was happening economically and, you know, socially at the time, Um, like getting into this kind of financial planning and this kind of industry during that, you know, 2008-2009 time period?
1: Well, starting in the financial crisis was really a blessing. And Mm -hmm. the reason for that is that people wanted help they wanted someone to talk to. And the majority of people in the industry, um, for lack of better terms, weren't really being proactive at that time. They weren't making phone calls. I mean, I know people who were, there were people in our office that were, but, you know, you heard from a lot of clients or prospective clients that said, yeah, we never heard from our advisor during those times. And some people did. Mm -hmm. It's just People were looking for a second opinion. They were looking for advice. And I was always bringing mentors with me out of my appointments for the first, I don't even remember how long, but. I was always getting help from people who had been in the industry for 20 to 30, even 40 years, some of them. Mm. So I'm really grateful. I had really wonderful people who taught me how to do things the right way at a very young age. So that gave me a really good opportunity to just learn and do things very well for people, Um, trying to do things very well for people.
0: Totally, yeah. Um, with those folks as well, just would be curious to hear from you. Like, how did you? How did you find those people? Oh, well, my clients. No, these. Uh, sorry, or, or like the mentors. mentors. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, they were in the office that I was working at. They were um, um, just advisors who have been in the industry for those twenty to thirty, or even forty years. I was the one at the office. Um working eighty to a hundred hours a week, my first year, my second year, and I was just making phone calls, setting meetings, having meetings. That was really my main focus was to see as many people as I possibly could during those times because when you started, you didn't have anything, you had to build something
2: mm-hmm.
1: and when I left that that firm and started my own company in twenty fourteen I lost all of that again. I wasn't able to bring any of my other clients over with me for nine months and then two years. So I really started over again when I was 28. So that was really difficult as well. But I just remembered what it took when I was in my early 20s to make that to make that transition. And I just kind of mm-hmm. followed those same footsteps.
0: Yeah. Well, I hear that. The like the intentionality around involving those mentors in your own growth and development, like bringing them out on meetings and like actually asking for support. Because I know that for the vast majority of people, like that's probably the most difficult thing is like asking for help and <laughs> like really intentionally right. seeking the support that you need versus trying to do everything alone.
1: That's so true, and so I was the young person in there and there were not very many other young advisors at that time or a lot of other younger people trying to come into the business because again, it was a commission only job. You had to Mm -hmm. build your own revenue and your own Mm -hmm. income and the world was just in a very different place then. So when the veterans, these 20, 30 year advisors would go out to lunch, I'd say, Hey, can I go out to lunch with you guys? And they'd look at me like, what are you talking about, kid? <laughs> that's what they would say to me. And I said, no, I'm serious. Can I go to lunch with you? I want to talk to you guys. And I would go to lunch with them and just listen to them and ask them questions and learn about planning and learn about all the things that what it takes to become successful. And that's what I did. I just asked them questions. I would pop into their office. And that's what it took at that time. Was just spending time with people who who have been there for so long that helped me out a ton
0: yeah totally instead of trying to reinvent the wheel that is um <laughs> that is definitely something that I am working on for myself is like I people have done this before <laughs> I don't I don't need to figure out how to do this I just need to go talk to the people who have already done it <laughs> um <laughs> Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. You uh so you mentioned in twenty fourteen was the year that you then decided to go out on your own. Um and would be curious, like in the I guess in the time leading up to that, um, like what had you decide that you were ready to like leave the firm that you were with and go off on your own and start your own thing?
1: Well, that was an interesting time because it took me about nine months from a planning standpoint to plan. Things out and things definitely didn't work as planned, but to plan it out to actually execution of me leaving because there's a lot of moving parts for myself and getting my licenses changed. And there's just a lot of things that had to take place. But I had the mindset that I wanted to be able to offer my clients more planning opportunities. Mm-hmm. And where I was at before is a fantastic company. They're a huge company, a global company. I, and I love the people there. I love going into the office. But something deep down inside of me always told me that you need, you're you going to need to leave at some point. And there was a gentleman who had been at the same firm for 40 plus years. He was wow. a very successful advisor. And he, he told me after my first year in the business, he goes, man, you're a freak. <laughs> and that's what he said to me. I'm not joking. Goes, you're I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, what are you talking about? And he goes, man, you're not going to be here in five years. That's what he told me. Like, he saw it in me, mm-hmm. and I had no clue what he was talking about. Mm-hmm. But he goes, man, you're not going to be here in five years. And he was right. He was absolutely positively right. But he was one of the people who Told me to learn about the industry, not one company's investments or their products. He said, look at the industry. And at that point, I I started to change my mindset to look at okay, what's really in the client's best interest? What do we need to do? I was always working in that sense. It's -hmm. just, I was like, how can we have more opportunities for people? And after I left, I just had more tools in the tool belt per se to use to help people. And it was really, really a blessing.
0: Mm, love that. Well, I love too, the, like the focus on service. I think it's, um, you know, it's really interesting talking about a lot of people who get into entrepreneurship or become entrepreneurs. Um, I think sometimes there's this uh, desire to start a business because of the um, lifestyle potential which is totally all well and fine, you know, and what I find is that if you're not focused on service first and really intentionally building relationships and solving problems, you're going to burn out really quickly. Your business isn't likely to work. Um, and it's just not going to work out at the end of the day.
1: Well, you know what? If you focus on the people who you're going to be a hero to, Mm. That's gonna give you the motivation. I mean, the money is a byproduct of how you wanna live your life. Mm-hmm. Now, think about this. Money is a byproduct of of how you want to live your life. Money will not make you happy. You know, it's 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 up to you to make yourself happy. No one else, not material things, it's not the money, it's not the big house, it's not being on TV. It's about doing things daily that are gonna make you happy, that you're enjoying, that are positive um, things for your life, and they're making you healthy, they're helping you grow, you're gonna be learning, and when you are serving people, as you and I both know, it changes your mindset. And when you're putting people first, and that's how I run my business, that's how I've always ran my business, it makes your life so much easier. You feel like you're not working. You're just truly serving people. And, you know, I want to be a hero to people who are 50 to 70 plus, and I want to help them not run out of money. That's mm-hmm. what my goal is. I want yeah. to help others not run out of money because that's mm-hmm. where my brain, that's how my brain works. And that's really where my passion is. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's really real too. I mean, I am mean, even just thinking about like the imagery of that supporting pe- 50, people who are 50 to 70 not run out of money. I'm like, that's real. Um, and I hear oh. the, the, like the focus on service and the focus on others, like you said, is the thing that brings the, brings the money and also makes the, the process, <laughs> like the actual creation and building and, um, you know, business building process, all that much more enjoyable.
1: Oh my gosh, absolutely. It just makes your life so much better. It's made my life better. I mean, I'm a perfect example of that. And and we're going to continue to do that. And we're continuing to make and create and innovate uh, ways to make our clients' lives better. Or even if you don't end up working with us, I still want to make your life better just by giving you good resources or like writing these books and doing the money journal. That's been such a fun process i just been utilizing my time in a better way Mm -hmm. during this pandemic and that focus has really been there i mean i wrote a a decently lengthy book during Mm -hmm. these times because it was just my focus to get this out there during Mm -hmm. these troubling
0: times totally totally Um, when, so when you made the transition in 2014, um, would be curious, you know, going into that, like leaving this firm, going out on your own, did you have the vision for like how it's turned out and what you have now? Or what was, I guess, what was your perspective or your vision going into, you know, becoming self-employed?
1: Oh man, that's a good question. When I first started... I was totally starting from scratch all over again. It's just like starting a business now. I mean, it's 2020 right now. We really have a beautiful opportunity to start a business. Mm -hmm. I mean, think about it. Interest rates are low. If you needed to borrow money, hopefully you could borrow money at a lower rate to start a business. Um, Unfortunately, people have been laid off during these times and, you know, you have a bigger labor market to choose from. You really have an opportunity to start a business. This is a great time. It's a beautiful time to start something for yourself. And Mm
2: -hmm.
1: when it was 2014, it was still a good time to start a business. Mm -hmm. And I just thought to myself, I'm going to make this work. I'm going to figure it out. Um, I want to build a team around me so that I can be in my unique ability. You know things mm-hmm. that I learned in Strategic Coach mm-hmm. um, because that's another thing that I did is I joined Strategic Coach when I was um, starting my business, and that was a big investment for me. I mean, mm-hmm. it still is. I'm still in the program, and um, I was spending you know a decent amount of money there, and I didn't have any revenue coming in, so I just had to figure out ways to make things happen and yeah it really expanded my my brain Hayden it really expanded the way that I think and figured out new mm-hmm. ways to be more efficient with my time that was mm-hmm. so crucial and it's still true to this day
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah I've um heard about strategic coach i don't know yeah, uh well Justin Breen, obviously the person um, that uh, <laughs> that intro us is also in uh, yeah. strategic coach um, so I have uh, I have heard a bit about that um, in your in the last couple of years you know as you've built this team so that you can focus on your unique ability well this is actually a two part question one is what is your unique ability, uh, and the second is if you could speak to the I guess like the leadership lessons that you've learned in hiring people, working with people and building this team out.
1: Okay. That's two parter. This is good (laughs) because they all, they kind of go hand in hand. I'm going to start with the second part of the question first, please, if you don't mind. Perfect. Um, So about the team. The one thing that I learned is that's the most important is you need to hire well. And you know, sometimes you get hire a good person. Things could come up, but, um, and I've learned this through, through strategic coaches using the Colby system. It's K O L B E. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife and I went through this. They have um, an analysis to see how compatible and things like that. It's not a dating tool but it's just like a personality tool and Mm -hmm. we were really good I mean I knew we were really good but I thought why don't you take this and she thought what the heck is this and she's like I really like this because I learned a lot about myself and Mm -hmm. I I learned a lot about my wife and we were just dating for a couple months so it was amazing Mm -hmm. and Whenever I'm hiring someone, they need to take the Colby, and we do a business um, assessment for that to see the compatibility. And you're able to create different roles to see if that person could fit that role, mm. which has been a game changer for me. And you're able to create the roles and fill the team uh, with those uh, compat- compatibility Um the tools. And that's been the biggest thing for me because I don't have to micromanage that way. Mm -hmm. You're really pairing up people to do their job. I mean, sometimes you need to double check on people, but I'm not on top of them. I'm not on top of my team. I'm letting them be in their happy place and letting them work on the projects and uh, the phone calls or the event setups or the social media posts that they love doing, and mm-hmm. I'm really bad at those things. I don't want to do those things. Yeah. So, and that kind of goes into your first question is, you know, the things that I really love doing is planning for people uh, to have lifetime income from their investments or their businesses and really implementing those plans and doing the, the homework to see what it's going to take for people to reach their goals. Mm -hmm. And then my my other team members have their own special abilities that they are really good at. And that's what they do. And then Mm -hmm. once they get bogged down, like for instance, we're looking to hire another team member because my team is actually maxed out at their capacity. So we need Mm -hmm. to add another role to take things off of their plate. So I asked one of my team members to say, okay, what are the five to 10 things that you don't like doing? And that's what we need to create a roll around. I didn't do it. Hayden. I asked my team to do it. I was like, "What? what do you guys need off your plate so that we can grow? Because it goes back to the people. If you focus on the people, whether it's your team or the people who you're going to be a hero to, Focus on all of their individualistic needs like that, mm. and that's what's been allowing my business to grow right now. And we're having a lot of fun because we're doing the things we love doing. And the more time you spend in your happy place, naturally, the happier you're probably going to be.
0: Mm. That's so brilliant. I love that. Uh, what do you guys not like doing? And let's hire let's hire someone else for that. Um, and that totally that's makes literally
1: sense. what I said.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I well I hear the um like the intentionality in that and also the um, like the focus on building sustainability and scalability like actually taking a look at like hey what do we need to make sure that our customers are being served effectively that people are in their zones of genius doing the things that they really love doing and the things that they don't like doing there's someone else on the team that can you know come in and support them and then for you as the you know the leader of the organization you're then able to say like hey this is the Vision that I have. This is, you know, where I see this organization going. You get to be in a leadership role without feeling the need to micromanage or go in and actually, you know, physically do different pieces of the business. Like you then get to oversee the vision of it, um, scale at the same time, and also provide everyone on your team a work environment where they love what they're doing and they love the culture of the organization.
1: Absolutely. I just want people to be happy and doing the things that they really love doing. As -hmm. far as my team goes and my clients, I want them to be happy as well. I want them to have great outcomes and I want them to enjoy working with us because we really spend a lot of time on those little details. And Mm -hmm. those mean the world to me. I mean, whether you go to a restaurant or you go to a hotel or you go to an airline or. You know, I pay really close attention to the way people are treated and it's really interesting how you're able to create, you know, raving fans or like fans that want to, you know, send people your way or send you introductions. And we're always striving to how can we give someone the a great experience? Because that's what this is about. It's about the relationship. It's about the experience. Um, Mm-hmm. And that's what we try and deliver at our firm.
0: Yeah, I love that. I think there's something to be said for people feeling seen and the type of buy-in um, and appreciation that you can generate when people feel seen and acknowledged, um, especially in a business, uh, I think. Um this is a, it's a kind of a broader question, but I'd be curious for you, you know, as you look back at the last six years in building this business, building this team, you know, creating this organization, like what would you say are some of the biggest lessons that you've taken for yourself personally? Or like the things that you've learned about yourself as a person through building this business?
1: I realized that sometimes you need to slow down. You can't do everything at once. And you and I were were talking about that (laughs) right before. So I was like, like you're speaking my language, my friend. It's like, um, you can't do everything yourself. I wish I would have hired more people sooner. I wish I would have, um, um, you know, had different focuses that I know now, or I wish I would have put other things in place that I know now, but when a pandemic hits, it's really hard for you to plan for those things. But again, relying on my team, I focused on being with my clients during that time and my team focused on getting us up running virtually. And that's what happened. It was just a complete blessing. So it's just or relying on more people. I wish I would have known sooner.
0: Mm, mm-hmm, totally. Um, And one of the components of this show are one of the things that I really love talking with people about is um, how lifestyle plays into business building, entrepreneurship, like how you're actually creating the organization. Um, And so I'd be curious for you, you know, as you've built this business and, you know, we were talking earlier about your, the time that you're spending with your family, like how has lifestyle and the lifestyle that you want to create factored into you making business decisions, deciding when to hire, you know, where to take... Organization, etc.
1: It's definitely had a big impact on things because there's a lot of a lot of things that go into hiring, and it goes into okay, where's your revenue? How many people do you want on your team, or do you have the capacity for this? Or it it really, really, really is important for other business owners and other people who want to start a company to realize is If you are not good at doing these tasks or the things that you probably shouldn't be doing or Mm -hmm. if you're not in your area that you're good at, you need to take the time to find the right person. Because Mm -hmm. your lifestyle is going to be spent doing those things that you're not good at and you're not going to be happy because you're doing these things. Mm -hmm. So your your lifestyle is affected. It definitely is. It's just when you realize you need to take things off your plate, just be proactive and try and get that done. Mm.
0: Yeah. And I'm sure I'm not at that point yet. Um, And I can imagine the importance of uh, taking your life, the lifestyle that you want to have into, uh, into account <laughs> when you're looking at like, Hey, how do we want to build here? Who do we want to hire here? When is it the right time to hire this person so that I can focus on the things that I enjoy doing, spending time with my family? Um, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, Absolutely. So I want to switch gears a little bit. I know we've been talking a lot about the business itself and I know, you know, Per what you shared, the work that you do is all around supporting people in you know reinventing or creating a new relationship with money, and also building enough retirement income so that they can retire effectively and they have enough money to retire. Um, and for the folks who are listening, you know, would be curious if you could speak to like what are some of the biggest, I guess, like misconceptions or mistakes um, that you see people and especially entrepreneurs making when it comes to planning and saving for retirement.
1: Well, the number one fear of retirees is running out of money. So, that's why that's one of my that's why it's one of my biggest focuses is to help people avoid having that happen to them. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people have a misconception that you need to save x amount of dollars. I always get the question, "You know what do I have enough money to retire? And I'll say to them, I don't know. And they'll say, what do you mean? And then I'll ask them, how much money would you like to receive every single month? And then that's when the conversation really starts. (laughs) I mean, the first time I meet with someone, Hayden, I, it's um, it's like a right fit meeting to see if it, it's a good fit for us to work together. Mm. And just to get to know one another, if you like that person, or even if they like myself and our team, that's what our first meeting is always about. And the second one is where you really get into their assets and the details, because I use a retirement income planning software. And when I ask them that question, how much money would you like to have every single month?" you know, for the rest of your life, best case scenario, what does that look like? And I'm able to input that number into our software and it will show you how well their current plan is doing and how effective their current plan is and if it's feasible or if they need to make changes or if they could even retire earlier. And that's one of the biggest misconceptions is how much money do do you need to save a million dollars or $5 million to retire? And the answer to that is no, it depends on your cash flow. How can you generate cash flow from your investments? So, Mm. um, having more dollars naturally is going to make things easier, but it depends on your lifestyle and it depends on how much income you need every single month, uh, during retirement. And that's where I come into play and help plan for that. Mm
0: yeah well, I hear in that like the um the well the intentionality of like what kind of lifestyle do I want to create for myself uh and then also factoring in like all right, how well am I doing, and am I on plan <laughs> and if not, like what do I you know need to start to put into place in order for me to get there
1: exactly 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 it's just it's more about the cash flow, it's more about. How do you create cash flow in retirement so that is going to be there on a monthly basis? And most people don't think like that, but it's hard to take X amount of dollars and break that down into smaller numbers. We're just not taught to think that way.
0: Yeah. Well, um, and this actually, I'm super curious when you're talking about cash flow and you're talking about, um, uh, I forget the exact verbiage that you used, but looking at like where the money is coming from or the investments, like what types of things are you speaking about?
1: Well, there's a plethora of different investment products and just investments in general that help create cash flow and income in retirement, and everything is specific for the person. Everyone has a different plan than one another. Um, in my practice. So no one has the same exact plan or same exact investment uh, because everyone is unique and everyone has their own wants and needs. So that's what I do is I help plan for that and create customized plans, not just um, everyone has the same exact plan or same exact investment. Everyone has their own plans made for them.
0: Mm-hmm. Got it. Got it. Um, the book you'd mentioned earlier um would be curious with the book is that something that you knew that you always wanted to do or what prompted you to decide to actually you know write and publish a book
1: well this is going to be my third release my third published book um the first one i always knew i wanted to write a book and i was I had eight hours in between, uh, when I got to an airport and my flight. So I thought Mm. to myself, how can I make my time useful? And I, I basically wrote out the the outline for the book and started writing chapters. And that's how that kind of came together. Nice. And, uh, the second book was more of, more of a broader, um, type of book, more of a, uh, it, it it didn't go into my specific market that I was targeting for the first book. It was more of a broader book. It's called um, Retire As You Desire. So that's where the whole retire as you desire came to life. And, mm-hmm. uh, you, you know, this third book, I knew I wanted to write another one and write a bigger book cuz the first two were more like guides they were they were meant to take on the airport with you or mm. or on a train and you could read it in an hour i wanted to keep things simple cuz mm. i'm a simple person by nature and um <laughs> So, this third book, I wanted to really just write something for the masses, for mm. a high school student or a 40 year old or even a 65 year old who has been struggling with money. I wanted to create something to just simply help someone learn from their mistakes. And, you know, it's as, it's as simple as not going to a coffee shop three times and buying a book instead or buying a soda pop a couple times and buying a book instead. Mm. Just that little change in your mindset is a start. When mm. someone tells you, Oh, you should pick up this book. Do most people go and do it right away? Most likely not. But the ones that do, the ones that read it, the ones that implement it, those are the people who are seeing success right now. Mm. Those are the people who are taking advantage of opportunities potentially and starting their business and reading the books on how to start a corporation like I did before I left my company. And it's like, I didn't know how to start an an S corporation, but I did it. Mm -hmm. I did it. I didn't hire a lawyer to do it. I did it. Mm -hmm. But again, books are so powerful and I'm all about self-education. Even in my world in the investing world, self-education is so crucial.
0: Yeah, we were. Um, I was talking about this uh, with my roommate a couple days ago. The 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 man, the difference that it makes to be motivated to self educate, um, especially after going through some some sort of like formal educational experience. And my heart goes out to people who had a you know middle school, high school, college experience, whatever it was that didn't set them up or didn't teach them how to learn or didn't instill in them a desire to continue to learn. Because I look at the stuff that I'm up to now and the skill sets that I have the knowledge that I have so much of it has come from me doing my own self-education like <laughs> me continuing to invest wow. the time in reading and you know consuming knowledge online and you know those pieces and I think that's such a differentiating factor um, especially for entrepreneurs and people who are business owners is how willing are you to go out and consume additional information um, you know versus saying well I've reached the I've reached the end or I've reached the limit of like what I'm willing to teach myself
1: oh absolutely and I was talking to Justin Breen about this over the weekend and I said because he made an investment into a, a different kind of coaching program and
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, I said to you I said to him you know do it I mean if you're not going to invest in yourself
2: hmm
1: it's really hard, if not impossible, to grow as a human being. Mm. And if you're not growing and learning as a human being, I find it really difficult mm. to be able to still have your purpose. Yeah. I mean, your purpose is part of growth. And that's where retirement comes into play. When you retire, it's not about sitting around on your couch all week and watching TV because you don't have to go to work anymore. It's more about What's your purpose with your time now? So if you have more time, how are you going to use that? And that's the beautiful thing about retirement. If you're 30, 40 years old right now, listening to this podcast, it's really difficult to think 20, 30 years ahead because you're going to be a different person during those times in the future. But Mm -hmm. when people want to go to retire, it's really important to still have that purpose, hobbies, activities, Mm -hmm. clubs, social Mm -hmm. settings, because that's really what life's all about. It always comes down to the people.
0: Yeah. Exactly. And people, including yourself too. (laughs) You know, you talk about the, you know, if you're not willing to invest in yourself and I totally agree with you. I think, you know, it's been so interesting in my work as a coach, in all of the work that I'm doing around personal development, transformation, supporting other people, you know, in their own personal development and transformation. And, you know, time and time again, the thing that I'm really realizing is so true is that the, you know, the, the things that everyone's looking for, the fulfillment, the connection the purpose to your point, um, joy, intimacy, vibrancy, like the richness of living is all made available through interpersonal work. It's all made available through inner healing, inner investment, um, you know, like going, going inward and as an added benefit, the, the plus side of that, the advantage is that you then get to use those new skills those new interpersonal skills and going out and, you know, building a business or creating an organization or, you know, whatever it might be. But, you know, everything everyone's looking for, it's all, it's all investment in self.
1: Absolutely agree with you. It's a big thing, and it Mm -hmm. just feels good to learn, Mm -hmm. and it feels good to grow. Totally. So it's been a big philosophy that goes back to 2014 when I joined Coach, when I probably didn't have the money to do something like that. I said, I'm going to do it anyways, and I'm going to figure it out. It was a mindset, and it's still true to this day. I mean, I joined the 10X program there, and Dan Sullivan is my actual coach. Cool. So it's been really a game changer as well. I mean, my business has transformed just in the past year of being in that program. It's been really great for me.
0: That's awesome. Um, And for you looking forward, what's the vision that you have for yourself and your business?
1: Well, I want to have a happy team and happy clients. And I want my clients to know that we're going to be looking out for their best interests, first and foremost, and the people who we get to work with, I'm really grateful for them, and we don't work with just anyone. We work with very select people because we want to work with happy people, people who are grateful, people who really share the same vision as us, because you know there's eight billion plus people on this planet, and you don't need every single one of them as your client. <laughs> you don't need everyone. So Mm -hmm. I just want to work with those right fit clients who share the same vision as us. And, you know, they have the needs that we're able to take care of for them and help them with. And um, I just want my team to be happy and being in their really great abilities that they're great at. And that's what my vision is, is just keep the business growing as it is right now and just work with the right kind of client.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Cool. Well, Bill, it has been an absolute pleasure. Um, thank you so much for coming on the show and uh, sharing uh, with uh, with everyone listening. Where can people find you online?
1: Yeah. So um, our website is www.bloomfinancialco.com. That is bloom, B-L-O-O-M, Financial Co dot com. And I am on LinkedIn as well. Um, And it's Bill Bloom and Bloom Financial Company out of Chicago, Illinois.
0: Brilliant. I will put all of those in the show notes. Uh, And then Bill, do you have a uh, parting word of wisdom, some advice for folks who are looking to build better, bigger businesses?
1: Ooh, I would say hire well, um, use the Colby tool that I spoke about earlier and try and have people do three to five things that they're really good at instead of 15 to 20, because then they're not going to be focused. You want to have people who are focused in their roles and really doing those, those objectives well.
0: Mm. Awesome. Uh, and then I like to end the show with acknowledgments. So Bill, are you open to me acknowledging you?
1: Oh, please. Let's hear it. It's better than a roast. So this is okay. good.
0: <laughs> a little bit different. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Bill, I have um, really been looking forward to uh, this conversation and um, there's a couple of things that I, w- I want to acknowledge you for. First and foremost, um, thanks for your commitment to service. Like I, I hear it through everything that you've been doing and everything that you've been up to, even, you know, you sharing, getting involved in 2008 in the industry, the way that you went about building that book of business, um, Serving the clients that you had then and also getting served, like receiving mentorship and help. Um, and then, even now, you know, with the business that you have, um, really genuinely being connected to the impact that you're having and with those folks who are in that 50 to 70 age range and supporting them in making sure that they can retire comfortably and they can continue to have the quality of life that they're looking for. Um, I really get the importance of service in your business and in your life. So thanks for just being a really great example of that. Um, Thanks for your commitment to excellence. Like I get that too in the stuff that you're up to. It's all about how do we produce the highest quality product for the types of clients that we want to work with. And it's so funny because I think sometimes people get caught up in the um, like, well, I just need to stay afloat or I need to continue you know, to survive or whatever it might be. So they take on clients that aren't necessarily good for them or ready to work with them. And so I actually really want to acknowledge your willingness to say no to people that aren't a right fit um, because it's in service of them and also it's in service of you. And you, know, you building the organization and having the kind of impact that you want to have um thanks for your leadership um, across the board like leadership in the, in the company I can only imagine um, you know how cool it must be to work underneath you and and to be able to work alongside you um, thanks for your leadership in creating a, a company culture that's supportive inclusive and just like a fun like uh, fun place to work and grow um, and also thanks for your leadership in your family like it's really cool and thanks for being open to sharing about the experiences that you've been having with um, with your son and with your wife and the intentionality and commitment that you bring to making time for that part of your life. Um, I think that's super duper important. Um, and just thanks for your kindness. I really genuinely, I it's been so cool being able to connect with you, you know, in the last couple of months um, and just really getting clear on the type of person that you are and your commitment to being kindness and presence. Um, out in the world. Um, so yeah, man, thanks for your transparency. Thanks for your humility. Um, and thanks for thanks for coming on the show. And thanks for, for sharing what you shared.
1: My friend, this has been truly my pleasure and honor. And I'm totally grateful for this opportunity because I love sharing the story. But most importantly, I hope someone gets something out of this in a positive way that that can help them. So that's really the key for all this is someone's going to get some great information and they're going to be able to make their lives better.
0: Yeah, brilliant. Well, cool. Well, thanks so much, man. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this show and want to stay up to date on new episodes or other special offers, I'd invite you to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. And if there's ever anything I can do to support you, please don't hesitate to reach out and let me know. See you next time.